It is another football Friday. We will get into all of that, but some unfortunate, sad, and terrible, tragic news coming in in the late nights of last night during the Thursday night game. A huge, great game, an awesome, uh, uh, just everything you expected from a classic rivalry to two legendary franchises. But the bigger news was one of the greats of Denver Broncos and a receiver who is dom- was very, very consistent, a dominant receiver. And everybody that you've heard, the outpouring sadness, the outpouring of just support for the, a man that where we think of was huge personality, a huge smile, and another life gone way too soon. Demarius Thomas, the former four-time Pro Bowler for the Denver Broncos, has suddenly passed away in his house last night. Just tragic to see. As we always like to say nowadays, tell your loved ones, literally, you love them. You just got to check up on people because you never know what can happen in this life, and especially what's happened in the past two years. We don't know what to ever expect each and every day. Another life gone way too soon. So to the Thomas family and to Demarius Thomas, rest in peace to one of the all-time greats in Denver Bronco history. You will be missed, DT88. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. It's another Football Friday. Huge implications. Division. Division's up for grabs right now. This is what this NFL season has brought for us. It's been every week. We don't know what to expect. But what these games have shown is that all these divisions, if you look at every division right now, all eight divisions, Every one of them is up for grabs. So this is a telling weekend again, and we will see. Maybe we'll get a clearer message moving forward in some of these division races. We will be talking about the huge Monday night game. Last week we got the Patriots and Bills on Monday night. Now we get the rematch, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, 10-2 and two team that really nobody's been talking about that much. We're talking about the Patriots. We're talking about the Packers. Forgetting about the team that has the best record currently in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. So who needs this one more? Is it Matthew Stafford or is it Kyler Murray? Plus, we'll be talking about a huge another divisional game that just happened two weeks ago where it was one of the crazier games of this season on a Sunday night between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. So is it a make or break for, yes, not just Baker Mayfield, but for Lamar Jackson as well and the Baltimore Ravens. But we're going to start off – in the NFCs, if we think about a year ago at this time, all we could think about was comical laughter. It was it was a comedy show each and every week in the NFC East with all the situations that were going on, the records, the whole situation in COVID, having no fans, the injuries. Well, let's go one year later. Now we're starting to get a firm grasp of where this division, how this division has played out too in recent years, and. You see these two teams right now, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Well, one team is on a hot streak. It's kind of like how this NFL season's been going. You have some teams like the Chiefs, the Patriots. Well, you got to add the Washington football team. They're currently on a four-game winning streak. You also don't got to – I know we're talking about this matchup, 
But we can't forget about the third team in the NFC. No, sorry, Giant fans. It's not the New York football Giants because they are god-awful, and they will finish dead last in the in, in the NFC. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, who we don't really talk a lot about, but only they, they're only six and seven. They're a game and a half out of first place. But let's talk about the team that we've been so high on this year, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, we're thinking, here we go. They got everybody back. They're healthy. Dak's back. They're playing at an all-time high level. We're thinking Super Bowl. And now the Dallas Cowboys have been coming back to life. So this game, and there's already the stakes are as high as they can as the coach, head coach Mike McCarthy, calling his victory and saying, we are going to win this football game. So the stakes are at an all-time high in this rivalry, this hated rivalry. So let me start with one of whoever wants to start, Dallas. They take firm control of the NFC East, or does the football team continue streaking? Dallas should win this game. Which is why Washington is going to. (laughs) Which which (laughs) makes this game that much more intriguing. Because So you got Montez Sweat, who will still be out for this game. He's got a broken jaw. We know Chase Young's out for the season. But their defense line and defense since Chase Young's injury has – Played much much better. Now I want you know, Trevor. We, we're big Colin Collard fans. We watch a lot of stuff. I get a lot of the info, and then I you know do my own stuff. But Greg Cosell was on the other day, and he was saying um, since Chase Young's injury and since the bye week, that the week first week back when they played Tampa Bay, Washington beforehand was a predominantly seventy five percent man coverage team. Well, since that bye week and since the Tampa Bay game, they have literally gone almost ninety five percent all zone coverage. All zone coverage, which has made a tremendous difference in their defense because their defense has played much better. Now, I told you before the show, they probably should have wash, lost the game against the Raiders. That probably should have been pass interference on Trayvon Mullen later on that deep pass. It wasn't. They end up winning. So be it. They won games. You find ways to win. They're playing much better. They're on a four-game winning streak after coming off a four-game losing streak. Taylor Heineke he's playing better. I think you have – don't you have Antonio Gibson on your fantasy team? Um, he's been playing – I thought you said he, you had Gibson. I remember you talking – you know – doesn't matter. He's been playing much better. Curtis Samuel's back. Terry McLaurin's back. Big loss this week. Uh, their tight end, Logan Thomas, out. That's that's a significant loss. But this game really comes down to Dak Prescott because right now Zeke's still dealing with an injury with his name. Um, Tony Pollard's dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis. So we don't know how well and healthy their running game will be. But they can throw the ball. They got Michael Gallup back. They got Amari Curry, the CD Lamb. This comes on Dak's shoulders. You know, we've talked about with deep, excuse me, was Dak worth the money? Well, these are games why you pay Dak the money you do. Is he good enough? Like Joe said, then Washington's going to win. I, I I think Dallas should win. They're getting Randy Gregory back. They got Demarcus Lawrence back. They got Neville um, coming back. Their defensive tackle was out with a disco elbow during the preseason. So their defense is coming back. Now Parsons was on the – Listed on the injury report with a hip injury, but a little torque shot in the hip will be fine. He'll be ready to go. But this comes down to Dak Prescott for me, the whole game, the synopsis of what, what Dallas is. He's the best quarterback in the division. They have the most talent. They're the team that should win. The pressure is all on Dallas. The pressure is not on Washington. I know a lot of people are riding high on Washington with the last last four games with their winning, but it's on Dallas, bro. Like this is what the three of us we joke and we, you know, we break Sanders' chops with Dallas. They're the more talented team. They're the better team. They're the team that started off six and one. They have the high priced quarterback. They have the offensive line. They have the running back. They have the they, they have the owner. They have all the walk and talk and showmanship. 
Well, now it's time to shut up, prove it or shut up. And it's going to be a very interesting game. But like you said, Joe, can can Washington beat Dallas at their own game? Yeah, you know, uh, again, right on paper, this looks like this should be something Dallas handles easily. And those are the games all season that um, I've gotten burned on. So I don't, I, I really do. I, I think, uh, and again, this is a bigger game for Washington than it is for Dallas. Dallas is still firmly in control with a loss. And I don't think it's time to press the panic button if they lose. Well, with the way they've been playing recently, if they, if they come into a game like this, where this you is could huge... it, you could call it a, a, a rough stretch. You know, they got They got to get themselves right again and get ready for the postseason. Their offense is so explosive. You know, they're, they're and they're going through a, a, a again a bit of a rough patch. That's what happens in a seventeen game season. But Joe, the only reason why I would I would argue with on this point that it's a more important game for Dallas one because it's Dallas. There's an expectation that everyone has on Dallas that they should have on themselves and that we have. All right, that they should win. They are the better team, as you said on paper. Right? If they lose, Washington, Philly, and sadly to say, even the Giants are that much closer to them. If they I'm win, sorry, they, let's not even bring the Giants. Hey, listen, I, I, I agree with you. But do you realize? And I was going to say to your point, and I want to interrupt you. There are still 25 teams right now in the NFL that are in playoff contention. Even yeah, the, the Detroit, York, yeah, the, even the Detroit Lions have a chance. No, they're not. They they do. They're not. I looked at the thing. They did it today. John, all of a sudden they don't. No, I'm I'm telling you, they don't. The, no, the Detroit Lions. They're one of the seven teams that are not in playoff contention. Okay, okay. Twenty-five. I, mean, I just saw. I just saw it yesterday. So okay, I guess it drastically just changed in a matter of twenty-four Whatever. hours. Whatever. Here's the thing: if Washington beats Dallas, it's going to be here's Dallas again. This is the this is the knock on them that they can't win the big games. They can't they can't overcome things. Washington have momentum. Their last five games for Washington are all division games. They played Dallas twice. Philly twice and the Giants once. It's a round robin every week. This just sets the tone for Dallas's collapse. If Dallas wins, they extend their lead. It's funny because we we've talked about it on a number of shows too. Joe, I know um, I'm drawing about the G-men. Uh, Zay was talking about oh how they're gonna fold. The Dallas will choke again. And I and me and you have been pretty stand pat on Dallas, saying this is a different team. I know they're eight and four, but it's kind of similar to Baltimore right now. Like they're eight and four still. But the way both of these teams have been playing recently has you raising a little concern for both of these franchises. Because, yes, they're 8-4. and four. Yes, they're leading both of their divisions. But the way they're leading their division, like it's different. You see the Patriots, see the Chiefs even, two teams that have similar records to both of these teams. But the way they're finishing games, the way they're playing their games and winning, that's how they're doing. I know Dallas had a nice win last week on Thursday night. Thanks, Taysom Hill, for throwing four picks. That always does help when you win the turnover battle. But the way these two teams, and we'll talk about Baltimore in a little while, uh, of this huge game that's coming up in Cleveland too, both of those teams, yes, they're 8-4, but it seems like they're trending backwards, whereas this is a time of season. It's December 10th, guys, and we're not, this isn't September. This isn't October where we can like just, oh, we can go through the motions. No, this is – you're only a month away – from the playoffs and in a in a conference right now for both teams, the NFC and the AFC, well, you can't afford to have that bad performance because if you do the standings and you held may not even make the playoffs because of how tight each conference has been for this first 
14 weeks. I mean, we're coming up on week, I think it's week four. Yeah, it's week 14 this week. And this is where it's, like you said, Ted, it's put up or shut up for the Dallas Cowboys. Here's a funny thought on both of those teams, uh, Dallas and Baltimore, and the fact that they're both going through, you know, what I what I just think is a rough patch uh, that you'd expect in any regular season for these teams because you're talking about two of the greatest performing regular season quarterbacks ever in, in Prescott and Jackson. This is usually where these two guys shine. So to see them struggling in the regular season, uh, to me, that doesn't bode well for the postseason. Now is the time where they should really be getting it right. Dallas, I mean, Dallas at one point seemed like they were, and we didn't want to admit it because we are Giants fans who went to Cowboys, but, man, they look like they could have been the team to beat for a hot minute there. And just when people were like, well, Dallas, they were like, no. Uh, and th- and they've played like they played the last few weeks, um, which is good because nothing is worse than Dallas fans feeling like they legit have a chance. It's a here's, a, here's another thing that we should take in consideration. This is not just the biggest game and for a t- for Taylor Heineke and hell for even Dak Prescott. This is the big game. This is a huge game for the head coaches. Mike McCarthy came out this week and said, we're going to win this football game. Okay. You called your shot. You pulled a Joe Namath. You pulled a one um, more reason. I think Washington's going to win. You pulled a Mark Messier. You said you're going to win this game. No, no, no. I no no. nothing. Not not that. I'm not saying that. I understand. I like the confidence. I really do. You don't like that, Joe? Now you just now now this is the type of now you. If you're not the manager of the 27 Yankees or the 98 Yankees, oh, guaranteeing wins is a really stupid thing to do. Because when you guarantee, just going to say we're going to go in there and win. Well, play hard. When you say you're going to win, and then you don't win the football game, it's got it's got devastating cycle. And and here's the thing, and and this is what I was saying on G Man the other day. As far as the Giants, dude, this guy they they're not playing for this guy. This guy, if he's supposed to be a motivator, he's terrible at that job. You know what? I like it. No, for Mike McCarthy to run his mouth. If if they don't if they can't cash the check he's writing, that'll tell you everything you need to know about that Dallas locker room. I like I, I do I like it. it too because he has faith in his he believes in his team and I and, and that's the kind of message you should be sending off. We're coming in, we're gonna beat you up for sixty minutes, and we're gonna win this football game because we are the better team. On paper, this Dallas team is Bro, better than it's, all the it's teams in week the NFC. Fourteen, you're leading the worst division in football, and I you're would, guaranteeing wins over mediocre the, teams that don't have their best player. Joe, Their best players the, on the field. I don't that, think that's that the worst division. That does now. nothing for me. I think What's I the hear, worst division? AFC South. South. You got three teams. Here's the thing. Last year, we can 100, right. 1,000%. Listen, th- the Giants would beat the Jags. 1,000% a, a we can agree. Oh, last year, I don't know about that. Oh, boy, <laughs> I mean, very, that's uh, pretty lofty to last say. Last year, this time, 1,000% we can all agree that the NFC East was literally comical. It was it was something we hopefully never but see again. Thing, in Dallas would have taken the division by hold if Jack was healthy. I'm not they talking no about that. I'm talking about in general that you have three teams. And, and we're not talking – we haven't talked about the Philadelphia Eagles because – we're talking specifically about this game, but that team is only six and seven. They're playing hot. They're playing well. They're running the football. One of the better running they teams. They lost in the to the Giants. 
That's all you need to know about the Eagles. That's, that's what it was one game. They're playing well. They're playing well. They, they were got playing nice. great first going all, into that first game. Of, first of all, the Giants, the Giants should have never even won that game if they decided to just stick to the run game. But let's just pretend that Jalen Hurts becomes now Peyton Manning. We're going to throw for 60 times a game. Run the football. The Eagles win the game. And Jalen Rager catch the ball. I hate to say it, but catch the ball and you win the game. We're not talking about it. The Giants are just 3-9 and nine right now instead of 4-8. and eight. But I'm just saying there's three teams that are competing – for, and that's why these stakes are huge for this game. If Dallas loses, you open Pandora's box for all three teams to win the NFC East. That's all I'm trying to say. There's it's- one more reason I think Washington's going to win. I think this thing's going to be the uh, the shy show that it was last year. I think it's going to be the same thing. I think Dallas is going to fall apart like we said they were going to. It, this makes all the sense in the world. Mike McCarthy's an idiot. People already question him as a coach. He guarantees a win against the the lousy Washington, a team without a mascot. He got he can't he's not going to beat them. You, you know it, the Giants. Is, you know the Giants don't have a mascot either, and cheerleaders. They don't even have a nickname. They don't have nothing. Don't and they had either. to get rid of their cheerleaders because of the sex scandal in Washington. <laughs> and they got their Raiders coach fired. I mean, that's what a terrible friend. When you're <laughs> when you're that bad of a franchise that you're getting other teams' coaches fired, you're a disaster. You're a you're a you're a dumpster fire. You know, but yet you're picking Washington. Sorry, Joe. You're picking Washington. You just bet. You just bash them, but you're picking Washington. Joe, I am. What's amazing is nothing else. Nothing else has come out of all those emails, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to Gruden out. Just Everybody, like literally, yeah. like nothing has come else yeah. out of that. Not for nothing. You got like a racist, sexist email sent to you, right? You're probably like, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Or ah. <laughs> I'm, there's got to be. I'd like to see the replies. To be honest, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this game because of the way Washington's been playing all around as a football team. They were two and six. Like we thought. They I were like done. Taylor Heineke a lot. And um, if Taylor Heineke wins this game, does he get a chance to be the franchise quarterback, or are we just gonna? I think he's going to get a chance to be the franchise quarterback because it's either going to be him or Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Uh, it's not much out there to Can be had. And, 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 and listen, games, not for nice. nothing, nobody's inter- nobody seemed to be interested in going to Washington this offseason. Nobody, nobody was like, hey, sign me up, Ron. I'd love to come to Washington to the nation's capital. And nobody wanted to go there. Well, you know, despite well, knowing, despite everyone thinking that defense was championship caliber, nobody wanted to go to Washington. Fitzpatrick did, but he'll go anywhere for cash. But speaking of a team, <laughs> speaking of a, a team that I'm surprised not a lot of people have been going to Man, is the Baltimore Ravens because you have a guy in Lamar Jackson. Cleveland went all in. They went to get the trades. They got you David Clowney. They've drafted well. They, but what the hell's going on in Cleveland? Everything's shaping up for Cleveland to p- perform in a Super Bowl, to compete for a Super Bowl title. And now we're talking about week 14. They're just trying to get into the playoffs right now. And it's because of all the injuries. We have to account that, yes, there are a lot of injuries that go on throughout entire season. We understand it. Happens to every team. But this is a team that's extremely talented, was the favorite coming into probably the season in the AFC North. But yet, we have to also remember that we just saw this matchup two weeks ago. And this was a game that had a combined six turnovers. So while we get into this game, is this a make or break? I know we have Lamar. You'll be like, oh, why, why is Lamar? Lamar still Lamar has actually been performing pretty poorly recently. This Baltimore team, 
in their past six games is at a is at a 500 level three and three. And the thing that concerns me the most about this Ravens team, their offense. Their offense hasn't been getting getting anything going, and teams are starting to figure out just like the maybe with the Kansas City Chiefs how they're trying to figure this team out, bringing a cover zero blitz, and they're just giving problems. And it started in that Miami game with the Ravens. So I'll ask you, Ted, is this a make or break game for not just Baker? Because we all know Baker's been dealing with pressure since getting drafted number one. What is it for Lamar Jackson as well? Um, well, so here's the thing. I sent you the article I was reading today. The reason why I wanted to say more about Baker, this is a make or break for Baker. They already gave him the fifth-year extension. I mean, that's the obvious. But here's the thing. Lamar's going to get the contract extension, okay? He's an MVP. He's one of the better quarterbacks, I think. I sent you the ringer thing. I sent you the information. They have 22 players on IR this year, more than any team in the league. It's not even close. They just lost another their, their second starting cornerback in Marlon Humphrey for the season. Dude. Don't start. He's right inside. Wait, wait, the hell! You look, look at you. You look like you're about. You know to why? You know why? I think. I think why? I think because I just had a nice chicken parm sandwich on uh, toasted, uh, toasted bread. And you want me to get rid of you, and me and Joe can do the show then? Joe, he's always got comments, and I had to bring in some food. But here's the thing. I wrote all this crap, and I said, well, why you don't use my question? You Tell me, write some questions. I write a whole bunch of stuff about Baker Mayfield and a bunch of – He did. You don't even use it, and then you no. want to talk about Russell Wilson and the damn Giants because both teams sucked. They have awful, awful offensive lines. Well, now, Here's now what I have to say. Thank Baker God I Mayfield, little match under your ass. And, and we can stem off this and take this in a whole bunch of different avenues. So here's the thing. Baker Mayfield's a 500 quarterback. He's 28 and 28 in his career, all right? He's 2-5 and five against the Ravens. Both teams right now can't score. Five of the last six games, Ravens have scored less than 20 points. Five of the last six games, Browns haven't even scored more than 17 points. Both teams suck offensively. Right now, the Ravens, you and me might have to be their running back and, and receivers because that's they're falling apart. They've had more guys miss time, more starts. They ha- Their offensive line is in, tr- is in trouble. Miami, a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football, set the tone of, this is how you have to play the Baltimore Ravens. You have to line up all guys along the line of scrimmage, put more speed on the field, and blitz and play man coverage because they don't have a number one receiver. That's why you and me had kind of joked and we talked maybe Beckham would have been a spot there. You know, a number one guy that could beat man coverage. He chose to go to the Rams. Better choice for him. But the team, listen, the Ravens haven't adjusted. They have not adjusted to what the schemes and what teams are doing to them. The Browns, last time they played, now remember, these teams played, there was a bye, and now the Browns are playing the Ravens again. So for the last three weeks, all the Browns have been thinking about and hearing about and studying is the Ravens. They need this game more than ever. They're 11th place right now in the AFC. They need to win this game. Baker Mayfield needs this game. If they lose, and I told you guys if you had an opportunity, go look at the NFC, I'm excuse me, the AFC North schedule, the final four or five games for all these teams. I mean, they all have to play each other, which good luck because any week you don't know what team you're going to get. And yeah, the Bengals, the Bengals one week look like the best team in that division or the conference. Then the Ravens, who started five and one or three and three, the Browns. You know, you in one week you're like, wow, the Browns are back, and then they just they pull in, they fall into the Browns. The reason why this is more about Baker and not a lot Lamar because Lamar's building blocks. And I was talking about this last week about a house. He's already built his foundation. He's already built his floor. Okay. The Ravens right now are in big trouble as a team, not Lamar. Lamar's not bad. Okay. 
But he's struggling because they have no offense line. They don't protect. They haven't schematically figured out what other teams are doing against him defensively. And he doesn't have a number one receiver. Marquise Brown is a great number two. He's a speedster. They have a great tight end in Mark Andrews. They don't have – and they haven't really – he, they haven't really developed enough of a passing game to scare teams. So that's why teams are blitzing. Joe's always saying, listen, Lamar, you got to be able to throw the ball when it matters most. Well, they haven't been able to do that. So teams are literally blocking him and not being able for him to overcome it. This is about Baker, though. They lose. The Browns are out of the playoffs. All the expectations, all the things that we talked about in the preseason hyping about the Browns, they should go to the Super Bowl. They have one of the most talented teams. It all falls on Baker. Baker should not get a contract because they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to get the five-year, fifth-year extension. He'll play next year under the rookie deal. And you know what the Browns, if they want to do and they want to hold the pat, just keep franchising tag him. Like the, the, pull the Kirk Cousins, what Washington did. Do a year-by-year -year basis. You suck, we're just not going to franchise him. We'll, go, we'll draft someone or we'll trade for someone. They're way too talented of a team for this team to be pedestrian six and tick. Six and six, and for Baker Mayfield to be twenty-eight and twenty-eight, I understand he's dealing with injuries. We all, all these guys deal with injuries. Don't tell me none of these guys don't deal with injuries. Okay, it's part of the game. It's the nature. I mean, he's got a, he's a rota rotator cuff. I know torn him. He has a problem with his ankle. But guess what? Then don't play if you're not healthy. Dad, was just there's injuries, and then there's hurt. You're either injured, which means you can't play, or you're hurt and you overcome it. So which one is it? If you're hurt. Figure out how to be better and and get it done. The I think it's a good sense. The reason why I think the reason why he's playing is because yeah, he's he's hurt, he's injured. He's he probably for his career. Well, yeah, exactly. He's playing for his career. He can't he can't afford to miss a game. He can't afford the, that type of situation because if so, he's done. I mean, he'll just he'll just go to another team or he'll just be a perennial backup, Joe. Can can I diagnose for you what's what the problem is in Cleveland? It's it's very simple. The the best years in the history of Cleveland football were 1996 through 1999. No, they had the 85 with Bernie Kosar. No, 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 no. 96 to 99, they didn't lose any games any of those three seasons because you know why, they Joe? didn't exist. <laughs> the best years that Cleveland's ever had. <laughs> it's a loser franchise. Always been a loser franchise. Even when Bernie Kosar was there, Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack, didn't matter. It's a loser city. I hate to say it, Cleveland. Damn. They got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You got straddled with the Indians. That's unfortunate. I actually know a guy that a guy that lives in my uh, um, complex. He's a big Cleveland fan. The two biggest moments in Cleveland history, sports history, is – Realistically, the Jordan shot and the drive, and it's nothing good. That's yeah. The thing. Yeah. When we think of Cleveland uh, sports, those are the two memories that we think of. You're right, Joe. This is the sad. franchise it's that it a, is. It's sad. I don't think that, I mean, it's not the Browns' fault. They and they just, got great fans. They have passion, yeah, those as passionate people, fans as they come. Here's the difference between those folks and us they know what they are. <laughs> And we are we pretend oh, again yeah, we got the Super Bowls. Don't forget in the fifties it was us and the Browns. We're like the two best but it's been 70 years. A lot has changed. They've accepted the fact that they're losers. <laughs> and we think because it's New York that we can't possibly be a loser organization. We're the Browns of the East. Wow. It's 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 deep.
I thought we were the, the other day we were the Lions. Now we're, we're the Lions. Now we're, now we're the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now it just you see this game and and there was and it really showed last game where anytime a quarterback or a team has a turnover differential has four turnovers in a game, most of the time you should be as the opposition you should be winning the football game. The Cleveland Browns had their opportunities, and they're going to have their other opportunity this week. Baker, his job's on the line. His career is on the line. Lamar, I know. look, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan, but we have to not just say, oh, well, he's fine. He's going to be great. We know that he's going to be great. But still, there are moments in time that there are people that still question his ability to win football games, meaningful football games, because of the factor that they don't have some sort of passing game. And maybe he's not the greatest quarterback in the sense of, throwing the football, stretching the field. And I know it doesn't help. He doesn't have those weapons. But still, it's coming down like we just talked about in the Dallas game. It's December football. You have to win these football games. These are the meaningful games. Not September. I mean, you have to win all the time. But there's just a different feel to it in the sense of you need to win these games. There's more pressure than throughout the entire season when it hits December. You're a month away from the playoffs. And Lamar has – and this team right now, just like Dallas, they've been up and down. Yes, they're in four, but there's a difference between an eight and four team that's going up and there's a difference between an eight and four team that's going down right now. And that's what's happening with Baltimore. That's a t- They're trending in a downward spiral. And last weekend, I love the confidence that John Harbaugh has and um, Lamar Jackson going for two multiple times throughout the season. But when you have a kicker like Justin Tucker who's – Almost, almost automatic most of the time. Just go to overtime and win the football game. They didn't have the defensive personnel, bro. Did you not listen to his press conference? They had no more corners. Okay. They had to win it there. And if Lamar just has a little touch on the ball and just just a little touch. Right, right, okay, right. You know what, though? Lamar doesn't have touch because he's a terrible throwing quarterback. And this is further proof to everything I say about Lamar. When it comes to a touch pass to win a game, I don't I don't want him throwing the ball. He he's just not that good. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback throwing the ball in the moment. He's a what dynamic he done, athlete. What he should have done is he should have faked the throw and he should have ran for that corner and dove in to score. That's what Lamar does. That's what Lamar should have done. That would have won them the game. I want to point out one more thing. Mitchell Trubisky has a 33 and 23 career record. Again, Baker 28 and 28. Teddy Bridgewater's 40 and 31. Got to win games in this league. Plain and simple, man. It, it you know, if, if Lamar does one thing right, it's he wins regular season games. He's really good at it. Here's the thing. He's, you got to get to the dance, and you got to be invited to it. And if the Browns are not invited to the dance because quarterback's not good enough, that's oh, – listen. The, the Rams, right? They got to the Super Bowl. They were a really good team, and they had Jared Goff as a quarterback. And I'm not knocking Jared Goff. He won He won a lot of games for the Rams. But they didn't think he was good enough to get to overcome the deficits that he had as a, as a player. So they went for Matthew Stafford. Now, you can give me argument Matt, Matthew Stafford hasn't played well lately – what not, throwing three pick sixes in a row. Three games. All right. But Matthew Stafford, talent-wise, thrower of the ball, everything for you as a team is better with Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. Because here's the thing. The league now has drastically changed. You have to have a top-notch quarterback. 
You are not. I mean, I, you listen to the professionals on all the sports. You're not going to win games no more. Super Bowls. You can win games. You can win a lot of games. And this is to Joe's point about Lamar Jackson. You can win a lot of games running the football and playing defense. Your quarterback has to be the difference maker. He has to be the slam dunk guy. When the play comes down to it, and you got third and 13, and he hits Mario Manahan down the sideline, and I know that's not the down. That's where your quarterback has to be able. He has to make that throw either with pressure in his face, no pressure, crucial situation. Even Big Ben last night. You can see about Big Ben. Watch that end of the game last night. That throw, even though it was dropped, was on the money. Fairmouth had the ball like this. Between the linebacker and the safety, Big Ben, that's where Lamar probably doesn't make that throw because it's a little bit behind, a little bit too in front. Big Ben put the ball right where he had. There was no better spot he could have placed that ball if he was handed it to him. That's what you have to be able to do as a quarterback. And if you're not good enough to overcome that, as they use the joke, some guys are trucks and some guys are trailers. Trucks pull the trailers. They pull the team. Those are leading quarterbacks. Those are Josh Allen's. Those are Brady's. Those are Rodgers. Those are Kyler Murray's. Those are guys we're going to talk about. Then there's trailers. Guys are like Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum and Bridgewater's and Daniel Jones. Guys that need everyone else to play superb so that they can win games. They're not good enough to just carry a team. Well, speaking of carrying teams right now, you just go ahead, Joe. You look like you want to say Justin Herbert completed a pass to uh, Guyton last week that traveled over 60 yards in the air. I mean, an unbelievably perfectly timed oh, throw. Another throw you're talking, yeah. In a million years, Lamar Jackson would not complete that pass. It doesn't have anybody on his team who would have been able to run out there and catch Listen, it. Probably. It doesn't even matter if it was a 20-yard throw. He probably still wouldn't have made the pinpoint. That's the I Joe mean, Burrow. I mean, if Lamar throw- Jackson's going to win a, a Super Bowl, it's going to be because Lamar did amazing things with his legs and probably dove over some guys on his way into the end zone for the winning score. It's not going to be because he went 35 for 40 for 400. It's not, that's not going to happen. I agree with but that. That's not going to happen. That doesn't have to be his game. That doesn't have to be his. He doesn't it have, shouldn't to, have to be his game. But when they're, when their running game is as beat up as it is and struggling and it's all on his shoulders and there's no good receivers to really throw to. I mean, not for nothing. Andrew's got to make that play. Game's oh. on the line. Get there. Get there and make the catch. That's that's a tough. I mean, it's a great. I don't give a crap. Player. You're a you're a you're a pro. Catch the damn ball. I love you know you got a, you know you got a deficient quarterback throwing the ball at you. What were you waiting for? Something in the chest? Lamar's man, Lamar's man. Don't knock Lamar like he can't. Throw I'm knocking Lamar makes, because you know what? I'm sorry to say it. He had that one good game earlier this year, and ESPN wanted everyone to apologize. He's had some for one game, and he hasn't had a game anywhere near that since because he's not a good thrower. Lamar right now has 16 touchdowns, 13 picks, 2,800 yards. His QBR is 15th in the league at 50.5. First of all, to me, honestly, right now in this entire NFL league, I only feel like there's three quarterbacks right now in the entire league that are week by week when they play, they just stand out more than everybody. And whereas the other quarterbacks, I'm just talking in general because I know we've been talking about Lamar, but when I think of all the quarterbacks, hell, even Josh Allen has looked terrible at times. Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, all these guys that we've talked about, Matthew Stafford, 
Other than there's three guys that to me, each and every week that they play, they stand out to me and they have been consistent, not just consistently. They've been consistently at top tier level. And one of those quarterbacks we're about to get into, two of them are, well, two of the all-time greats. One of them's the GOAT, and one of them is going to go down as maybe the most talented quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Those have been the two quarterbacks that each and every week, maybe with the exception of week one from Aaron Rodgers, every week it's been consistent at an all-time high level. And that's why they are all-time greats, and that's why those two teams are possibly – Maybe going to have a rematch in the NFC title. The other quarterback, I want to say, the third quarterback that has stood out to me when he's healthy is playing on Monday Night Football. Is Kyler Murray. He came back last week against the Chicago Bear team. Yes, I know they are not a good football team, but this man has been out for over a month. And he came in and he's just looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And he's been – this team, we really should – be talking more about the Arizona Cardinals. But it seems like each and every week we're talking about every other team. The Packers have been great. The Bucks have been great. But this team right now, the Arizona Cardinals, 10-2, and two, number one seed in the NFC, the number one overall seed in all of football right now with the best record. And Kyler Murray has been the, that quarterback to me. We just talked about Lamar. We've talked about – even Dak has had moments that he's not looked good at all this year. It's just been that type of season, guys. The quarterback play – has been good, but not great. Whereas there's been a handful. There's probably been about three guys that, like I said to me, I don't know if you can think of another guy for either one of you guys, but those three guys, to me, each and every week, stand out at an all-time consistent high level this season. And Kyler Murray, this is another huge game for them. It's another huge game for the Rams, especially the Rams for a team that we just talked about the Dallas Cowboys. I guess we got a trend going today. You got teams that have winning records, but the way they've been playing recently doesn't show to their record. I know they're 8-4, and four, but they started off how all three of those teams, the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, the Los Angeles Rams, all those teams at one point had just one loss. Now all those teams have four losses, but they are struggling. Rams, a much-needed victory. Anytime you can play a team like Jacksonville, you'll take advantage of that. But let me ask you guys. It's a huge Monday night game. Last week we had a huge Monday night game in the AFC East. Now we're going to the West Coast. We're going to be in the sunny desert of the Arizona Cardinals taking on the L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams, you want to win the NFC uh, West? Got to win this game. Arizona wins this? Wrap it up. The NFC West will be the Arizona Cardinals and maybe even a better shot of hosting the NFC playoffs coming to the desert. Who needs this win more? Is it Kyler or is it Matthew Stafford, Joe? You, you, just, answered your, you just answered the question for both of us. It's Matthew yeah. Stafford. Great you just job. said if the uh, if the Cardinals win, division's I'm over. Well, here's my hold on, hold on. Here's my thing. I, I know I might have just answered the question, but well, no, I, I'm, thinking, but I'm, thinking, I'm yeah. thinking from a standpoint. Hold on, I'm thinking from a standpoint like this is still a talented enough team, the Rams, that even if they didn't win the NFC West, they can still go into somewhere else. And when healthy, I know Robert Woods is not coming back, but when healthy at full strength, this team can go into anywhere in the NFL and win a road game. And yeah. that's why I'm saying I know well, that I know that they that Stafford needs this one more because of divisional purposes, but still, this is a good enough team, a talented enough team to yes, if they are a wild card team, they can go into any other place in the NFC well, and they can win a football game. Well, let's let's just face the facts. They lose, they'll be playing Dallas Cowboys wild card weekend if if Dallas ends up winning that division. That's where they'll be. They'll be going to Texas Stadium 
and playing the Dallas Cowboys because that'll be the four or five seed. Because the Rams have pretty much shored up the five seed. And the reason why I also Dallas ask, will be the four I also seed see, with Tampa and excuse me, with Tampa and Green Bay being the two and two. And the reason why I say Tyler too, who needs this win more, guys, is because yes, he played great last week, but you're the Arizona Cardinals. Most of the, the tenure that I've seen as the Arizona Cardinals franchise, with the exception of the Kurt Warner days, they've been a, like we just talked about the Browns, they've been a losing franchise. They haven't been very successful in the NFL. So to see them right now playing at this level, to see them dominating each and every week, do we need to consistently see this from Kyler Murray to take them still serious? I, I mean, this team is great, but I don't feel like people are like, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Do I really want to say the Arizona Cardinals? Do I want to trust the Arizona Cardinals? Like you could say the Bucs right now. You could say the Packers. You could say the Patriots if you want because of the history, specifically last year with the Bucs. But when you think of the Arizona Cardinals, it's just like it's hard to fathom that. Like it take that into well, – You are, you are right on that. You are right on that because, as you said, when we do a lot of our power rankings, even though I had Arizona number one, you, you forget that they're still – you forget they're the best team – Record-wise, in football, they were the last undefeated team. Like when we do our thing of who's the best teams, we go, we skip number one, and we go right to Green Bay and and Tampa yeah. two and three, and the Patriots and the Chiefs and you know Buffalo and this, and we, we just skip over number one, the Cardinals, almost like they've like they're they're a team that's supposed to be there. They're not that's supposed to. Be. Yeah, we I think all four of us were close to having them fourth in the. Oh, excuse me, four of us. We all three of us had them, I believe, fourth in the division. Are you not alone? <laughs> not yet. No, I'm saying I'm like, I'm not, I always, I always feel like there's a lady sitting across from him. <laughs> I always do. I always get that sense. There's a, there's a lady sitting there. No, no, no. So he just he gave it up. The four of us. Don't make, don't so, make, yeah. With, don't, make a, don't make a blush. With that, be, so with, listen. The reason why I say it's Stafford is one because Cardinals have already won, right? And Trev, you said to your point, if the Cardinals win, they pretty much shirt up the division. Yeah, they have right. a three-game lead. And, yeah. and they'll have a three-game lead with the rest of the thing. They'll probably take care of business the rest of their schedule and be the number one seed, more likely not. But where things happen. No, I think if they win this game, they win the NFC West because they 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 swept the series too. Yes. So and and they so here's here's but here's the thing why it's more important for Stafford. To my point, when we were talking about trucks and trailers, and people were like, What the hell are you talking about football? Why guys carry teams and why not? The Rams made the ultimate move to bring Matthew Stafford for one reason. And, I, and I'm not just saying it's about the division because they had won the division. But it's about to win, get to the Super Bowl. You bring Matthew Stafford because when you're playing guys like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, you want to feel like you're on the same level playing field. You don't want to feel like even though your team might be better, their quarterback is this a little bit better. And you know what? That balances the schematics of football. When you're a quarterback, it doesn't matter how good or bad your team. If, you're football, if your quarterback is elite, or can carry, you can make up, you can cover so many gray areas in your team. All right. Matthew Stafford has to win this game. The Rams have to win this game. This is a must for him. He loses. It goes to things that Joe has talked about where Matthew Stafford's not good enough. He can't win the big game. He can put up all the stats and the, all, the, all the points and stats he wants during the regular season. Can't win the big game. That's going to be a storyline. It's going to question the Rams. Here's the thing Kyle Murray, I wrote this down. Though he's mystery game, still leads the league in passer rating, completion percentage, yards per attempt, and he's ranked second by PFF grades. I know you don't give a crap about that, but that's how they grade players by how they perform. That's important to me. 
You, you got to grade someone on how they perform. Here's the other thing. Speaks volume of why Arizona's 10-2. They're 7-0 on the road, and every game they've won on the road, they've won by double digits. That speaks volume to this, to how well. Because you're supposed to win your home games. The road games you're supposed to split. They I'm going one step further for you guys. If he loses this game, and I'm talking about Stafford, is he just a, a, a slighter talented version than Jared Goff? No, my my answer would be that my answer would be to this though. How do they lose? Stafford could have a great game. Well, with the way they've been playing recently, Murray. Okay, listen, so Murray had one of his best games. He had 268 yards passing and 39 yards rushing and three touchdowns, be two or three touchdowns when they played last time. Murray's the dangerous Yo, quarterback. Joe, what do you? Well, look, uh, you you you're bringing it up. I mean, I was just gonna say, look, they blew uh they blew the Rams away at home. They yeah. ran all over them. They ran for oh, yeah. 37 20, 37 20. You, but they ran the you were saying too, you were saying as far as the Rams, uh, you know, the ability to, you know, this this a team talent up to win games on the road. Well, let me tell you something. They had a couple of games on the road. They lost in Green Bay, they lost in San Francisco, and they lost in Tennessee to a team without Derrick Henry. So, yeah, oh, he was Monday. gone. No, no, no. They played on Monday. They played on Sunday night. They were in home the week they're after home. Derrick Henry got they're hurt. Home. They're they're home. Home. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. The week before, I was thinking about uh, Tennessee. They were at ten. Uh, not they were at the Texans, not Tennessee. They were at the Texans, and the Texans hung in that game for quite a while. No, no, so, they were up. Remember, they were up thirty-six to nothing, and then they gave up. Oh, that's right. Points. And then they, the the big comeback. I, I I would be concerned. Look, they they've got more road games coming up. They they've got to go to the Metrodome. They've got to go to Baltimore. Hmm. All right, uh, a home game against Seattle, home game against San Francisco. So they, I mean, their schedule isn't isn't getting any easier. I think that that beatdown of Jacksonville last week maybe that makes people feel better. Um, you need but a literally, since, you need a since the sometimes. second half of the, the Houston game, this team uh, hasn't been great. And this isn't the team you're going to get back on track against. So so let me finish off with that. If if they lose this game and the way they've been playing on Monday nights and Sunday nights, they haven't, they've underperformed significantly when they're on national TV. If they lose this game and it's the way they've been playing, like I just asked, is he a slider? Version a more a slighter talented version than Jared Goff? No, it wouldn't be Jared Goff. I like Sanders one. If you saw what Sanders wrote, no, I saw that too. But I'm saying in a sense because they traded Jared Goff. I'm only saying that I understand. No, he's he's still a Cousins much better quarterback than Jared Goff. I would take him ten out. Of but 10 I'm only saying it because they traded him because they felt like Jared Goff was not good enough to win him win them champ win them games and win them championships. More importantly, and Kirk Cousins, uh, not Kirk Cousins, right now Matthew Stafford. In those big games, hasn't lived up to okay. it. But I won't put so this. I'm trying to say this that is ultimate, this is the ultimate team I, game. Though I did say when Teddy told me I was wrong about the talent upgrade, Goff to Stafford. You assured me. <laughs> That's all you I'm assured me. Saying. Hold on, he assured me, and, and I've you've been right for the most part so far. But I did say. My concern is, right, yeah. this guy's just not – he's not used to winning. Yeah. He hasn't won any of the big games in a long, long time in his life. So he's got 3,600 yards. It's tough. Yards. It's tough when, when – it's tough when 
You know, for a long time, look, Matthew Stafford was a guy that put up great numbers in this league for teams that won one, two, three, four games a year. And his talent is the reason he stayed in this in this league. Right? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't uh endearing talent himself to Detroit. His talent is elite. It Still is elite. Lot. But that's it what I'm saying. Elite. Okay, so so I, and, and again, my concern was this guy's been mired in losing for so long. You that's know, that's what I'm it, trying to it, say, Ted. You just said elite. When we think of elite, we think of the tops of the game. He hasn't played elite level. He's AJ Burnett. AJ Burnett. No. He's got elite talent and he can't, he just doesn't have Strike the zone. makeup to um so, be consistent enough to, to be a superstar. Well, here's my here's my other thing. I always say this, it's a team game, man. We gotta look at the whole picture. All right. So I understand that. Statistically wise, he's having a great season. Third in the league in passing yards, second in the league in touchdowns with 30. Okay, his quarterback rating is 65.8, which you think that's bad. It's actually third in the league. He's tied for 20th in the league with nine picks. But, 30 and nine are not bad numbers. Hold on. Okay. The thing is this. Go ahead. If he loses his game, it doesn't make him a bad quarterback. All right? But this is where I watch the whole game and I go, what is the schematics and what is the game plan? Because sometimes the Rams, if you watch them, what they did last week, and I know it was Jacksonville, they ran the football. Right? If they go back to when they were successful with Jared Goff, and they had Gurley as a running back. I know they don't have Todd Gurley. It was the stretch runs. It was the zone runs. I have Sony Michelle you, and um, and Darrell Henderson. Run the ball. Set up the play-action pass for the bombs for Beckham over deep or Van Jefferson deep. Because when you watch Matthew Stafford, when they are run first, pass second, He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. When they say, we want you to go throw the ball 50 times and we want you to be Brady or Rodgers, that's when he gets himself in trouble. What is the game plan? The Cardinals won the first game plan by running for over 220 yards. Kyle Murray, and he also threw for 268 yards. you got to run the football. At least balance. Set the tone. Because no quarterback can just go back there and throw the ball 53 times, no running game, and win. If the Rams cannot run the football against Cardinals and they have to put everything on Matthew Stafford's shoulders to win the game, they will not win this game and he will be unsuccessful. If they're able to run the football somewhat well, that would be great. Just enough to be honest and get three, four yards once in a while here at a pop, they will win this game. I got and two Matthew things. Stafford will be a big key reason why. I got two things. Okay. To finish off my points about this whole – the, uh, segment. Do you not agree, though? No, uh, two things I'm going to agree. One of them is in the sense of running. This time of year, I know everybody wants to say, oh, the quarterback, you need the quarterback. Yeah, you can have a quarterback. You need to run the football when it comes down to playoff football. This is all playoff from now on. This isn't. I know it's still regular season, but for teams like this, this is playoff time. This is pre-playoff matchups. You need to prepare yourself for the playoffs. And to win these types of games where you're going to be playing in some type of bad weather at times, unless you're getting home field advantage in their case, they may not be getting it. So they're going to be playing on the road. You have to run the football, control clock, control tempo of the game, and play the way they've been playing. That's how teams succeed in the playoffs. From what we've seen in history, running the football when it comes, maybe not in September and October, running the football maybe doesn't lead to wins. But when it comes down to it late in the season – Running the football, no matter what people want to say, and the value of running the football nowadays because value running backs are so devalued as a position nowadays, 
Winning championships comes down to two things. Great defenses. I don't care what anybody says. You still have to have a great defense, and you still have to control the line of scrimmage, and that's the problem with the Rams right now. And my final part is about the whole um, Matthew Stafford thing. You traded for Matthew Stafford because you felt like he was going to win you a Super Bowl. There's no difference right now that I've seen from Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff last year. This is a very similar team in the sense of maybe their offensive line is worse than what it was last year. But you still got the defense. You added pieces, if anything. You added Von Miller. You lost a couple pieces. I understand that. Everybody does that. But you traded one particular guy because you felt like you were a quarterback away from winning a championship. And they are probably in the exact same position that they were in last year. That's why only I want to say that's how I want to finish up my point about the whole Matthew Stafford argument. Anybody else got something to finish off with? Guys, all quiet. I said my piece. I said my piece. No, I'm good. I feel like I've said all I need to say. I never. I don't need to beat. I don't need to beat the dead horse. We'll go review it. Uh, uh, Sander, hold on. Sander says Goff has never and will never throw for five thousand yards in a season. There, there's things that are more important than statistics, though. If you care, what difference does it make, dude? Again, here, like my point is, and I bring this up when I talk about Deshaun Watson too, who's got a losing record for his career. Mitchell Trubisky won. 10 more games than he lost in his career, and that gets him nothing. That means, like, that's not even a starting job. Because who do you play for? As a winning record. You're winning. You're playing to win games. Exactly. But who do you play for? Here, here, look, here's the thing. The the Giants are like a 16-13 kind of a game. Like, that's the kind of games the Giants want to win. I don't know why I said 16-13. Right? Like a 15-12 field goal kind of game. But then you want to get pissed off because the quarterback doesn't throw for 300 yards. What? It's not all about stats. Joe, Joe. It's not about stats. It's about, you know, again, dude, I'll take Mac Jones two for three for 19 yards and the dub. I'll take that every day. I don't care how many yards these guys are throwing for. You have to take consideration. I don't know if you're going to have situations like that again where you're going to have weather. Well, he's not. He knows. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick will have another game at some point in Mac Jones's career everyone where they run the ball hey, three times. Everyone should have known what was going to happen when he was wearing the Navy mask pregame. If you guys remember, he had the Navy oh, mask. Oh, I know. Triple option. Ba- oh, speaking of that, that's tomorrow. Army, Navy. Can't wait for that game. But Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't even get that, Dad. <laughs> yeah, running the football. He literally, running the football literally like giving you a metaphor what was going to happen. We were going to run the football. Great. He did an interview the next morning, and no joke, they asked him how he was doing. He said he felt a little run down. He's a a brilliant man. Listen, we'll talk about it all on Tuesday, but the Rams have to this quick. Go ahead. Go ahead, bud. No, No, finish up. I was going to say something completely different. It stems with a lot of the situations and things we could talk to, like Dallas. When Dallas is the most successful, it was Zeke and Tony Power to the running game. Now, I was looking at a stat. They said when Zeke Zeke hasn't rushed for more than 50 yards in the last five games, which is not good for me because I haven't been fantasy and I have a huge game. And right now I'm getting right now I'm I'm not even gonna say what I'm getting right now, but I'm getting mm-hmm. I'm getting slapped around right now by Pat last night because he had Najee Harris, Justin Jefferson, and uh oh and uh Osborne, the kid he picked up off this week who had like huge well, touchdowns. We'll what I'm how- saying but what I'm saying is teams like Minnesota last night, right? They run the football. Kirk Cousins looks like a much better quarterback when they run the football, right? Like when Eli Manning was winning the Super Bowls, 
Wasn't Eli carrying the team? He was doing everything he needed to do as being a successful quarterback. But they were running the football. It doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be your bread and butter. But it has to be consistent enough to make the defense honest so that when you do run play action, they have to think run, at least in their minds, that slows them down for that half a second so that guys like Beckham, Beckham can get over the top. Let me explain why Sanders confused. And, and I can wrap this all up in a nutshell. Ask any Dallas Cowboy fan who they would have rather had as a quarterback, the two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning or that garbage really good analyst for CBS Sports named Tony Romo. I know, they'll tell you, I know who Ted would have taken. They'll tell you, despite the fact the guy won zero playoff games, that that's the guy, that he's the Hall of Famer. And it's like, you do understand the point of what the quarterback's job is, is to win the games and then to win you a Super Bowl. Literally, that's the the only thing that guy's living for, is to win you enough games to get you the Lombardi. Ted would take Ted would take Tony Romo. Dude, do for forty five hundred yards, dirty touchdowns every year. Yeah, uh, and the, then that home all the of problem. January. Here's the problem: when you bring up the Eli argument, you got to use a different guy. Everyone's gonna say he won the Super Bowl because of the defense and the running game. Eli Manning was not the reason why they won the Super Bowls. The reason why Eli Manning won most of his games is because they had an elite defense. They won. They won the second Super Bowl because of Eli Manning. So people, no, Trev, no, Trev, I, Trev, I. Joe, Trevor, and I people, yo, Ted, you're the one giant fan that will never give Eli credit, and I hate you for it. No, you don't. You think you're like every dude. Eli Manning was the 2003 Florida Marlins twice. Wow. Yep. You know what? I don't know. Guy got hot, dude. I mean, again, when you think about the catch, you think about the throws to Manningham. That was a guy who was in a zone. All right. Like, like never before. All right, I got something to say. Totally off of what we've been talking about. Is it an apology? That, for, got, I just got to ask you an apology. Because I know Joe's probably seeing Trev's probably sleeping away his dreams. But have you seen Clint Frazier lately? Mocking the Yankees. Finally, don't Dude, have to bring everybody He's a clown. I can wear Frazier. I want to. I'm going to wear my numbers. Uh, he's going to wear 77. But yeah, I couldn't wear number seven because of some person or something. And some other people. And they were like, yo. School and then something else. Hold on, hold on. And then he said something else about like finally I'm out. Of, like, oh, you're gonna miss the Yankees. He's like, I play for passion fans. He's like, yep. And I just saw on Yahoo, CC Sabathia said, hold on. Well, who's he a bigger said, clown, Chase Claypool or Clint Frazier? What did he just say? He said something about yeah, that's Joe's. Don't talk. Don't talk about Joe's. He guy said something. CC Sabathia Frazier. He's upset. He got no love. He's a, he got no love, and now everybody wants to 15 games for the Yankees. Everybody wants to kick him out the door, dude. I mean, I don't First understand all, that. I want to close out with this. He had an opportunity to take grasp of that position of the outfielder position, and he sucked. So screw him. It See you later. He got hurt. Hey, he stinks. He was terrible. Hey, can I give you a little? Can I give you a little more news? I'm done. Can I give you a little more news? He gets dizzy. Uh, so Adore Jackson now and Kadiris Tony are also out for this week's game against the Chargers. Well, don't worry, the Chargers aren't going to have an offense. Let's hope that Justin Herbert gets the COVID because otherwise, Stop! that's I'm terrible, Joe. Why no, did you change that? that? Just what saying. kind of crap is that, Joe? You literally tell some Joe, you know, a person who's 
with the, the COVID. The COVID. Tell someone I hope he gets just the one guy. That's terrible, Joe. I gotta, I gotta get rid of. Bro, who's Austin Eckler? Who's got Austin Eckler in fantasy? Watch out, folks. No, he's my oh, fantasy quick, lock this week. Quick thing: we all are on Bryce Young winning a uh, Heisman tomorrow. God, he's gonna be a slam dunk. How big do you think he wins? Is it the biggest, biggest of all? No, time? Joe Burrow had the biggest. He won't beat Joe Burrow's record. No, no. I, I think um Hutchinson's gonna come in third. I think he's gonna I, finish second. He's gonna come in third. It's gonna be I between Stroud and Young, third. and Pickett's gonna get like no votes. It's gonna be. I think number one gonna be, be the low man on the totem. My voting would be Bryce Young one, Hutchinson two, Pickett three, four would be Stroud. But here's the thing: when you talk about Stroud, and I know we're not we're going a little wrong, but when you talk about Stroud and Bryce Young, maybe you should invite their two receivers on both teams because if it wasn't for the two stud receivers on both of those teams, those kids wouldn't be. I mean, they'd still have good stats, but. Jamison Williams, John Metchie for Alabama are going to be first-round picks. And kid Wilson and Chris Olave are going to be first-round picks for Ohio State. And <laughs> I mean, it does I help. I can't wait to talk it about this. When you start receiving By the way, Will, Will Anderson uh, oh. outplayed Hutchinson by a miracle I mile. It's I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. No, they didn't um, want two Alabama guys. They did it That's last year. Down to. That, listen, I, yeah. So again, there's no way, there's no way he's winning it because he's clearly not the best defensive player, wait, let alone wait, the best player. Period. Can I ask you a question? Who won the? Uh, I did not see. I saw most awards. Who won the uh, defensive player of the year? Guy from Georgia. Oh, Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. No, he won defensive player of the year. I think no, he won the Outland Trophy. For the best interior lineman, and he won the Bedard? I don't know. I was at work, so I did not I see. Thought, I thought that. I thought I saw that. I can't wait to talk about, by the way, I cannot wait to talk about the Final Four. I'm really excited for both of these games. I think both games are going to be classics. I really do believe that deep down in my soul, and I can't wait to see it. And we're going to talk about that in the next coming weeks. But for now, it's all NFL currently yes. on Keys to the City. I can't wait for these slated games, oh, big division games, a lot happening. We'll see what happens. We'll, reca we'll recap that all next week in the NFL world. Will the NFC East be up for grabs? How about the NFC West? Oh, what up? Real quick, uh, you saw uh, Kenny Pickett's fake slide, and I've been complaining yes. about quarterbacks yes. that juke at the last minute, uh, yes. not even fake sliding. Yeah, I, I had, I've been complaining about that for a while. They're going to clean that up. You can't fake slide. Even if you start to go into a slide, uh, whatever you do afterwards, they're going to call it a dead ball, which is the right thing to do. That was a ridiculous play by Pickett, and there's no they, – they should have blew the whistle dead on that. Oh. I, you, you can't protect these guys any – when they're running, they're runners. Give me a break with that. Mm -hmm. your, your protections are behind the line of scrimmage, in the pocket. When you're out of the pocket, I'm sorry to say – if they're not if they're not head hunting, I don't care what happens. I don't believe sliding should be allowed. Period. Well, like I said, we'll be back next week to recap week 14 of the NFL season and in the next coming weeks we'll we be start talking about the college football playoff will the Bearcats upset the mighty Alabama Crimson Tide and what's to give in that Michigan and Georgia matchup. Cannot was, wait for all of it. It was Jordan Davis he did win both awards. Yep. I'm looking at all the awards now. J I didn't even realize Jamison Will – I thought Jamison Williams was the best receiver. It was Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share.
Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.